Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Stack Overflow podcast, a place to talk all things software and technology. I am Ben Popper, Director of Content here at Stack Overflow, joined as I often am by my colleague and collaborator, Matt Kiernander. Hey, Matt. Hello. Good to see you again. Good to see you too, my friend. So we've got some fun news coming down the pipe this week. One which I think you and I should probably talk about because we were on an episode earlier is the mm. Ethereum merge, Ethereum 2.0. We did an episode <laughs> about this where I mentioned the difficulty bomb and how this had been kicked down the road so many times. Mm. Some of the articles talking about this week mentioned how it's been delayed for years. But it seems as though it's now going to arrive, possibly as early um, as tomorrow. Some of the articles that I was looking there's at- There's an official- Yeah, there's a countdown clock, right? There's a, there's a countdown clock on Google. Yeah, so that's pretty sweet. Yeah. So this matters for a bunch of reasons, which I think we should go over um, and is being closely watched in the crypto web three space. First up is the Ethereum blockchain, as it grew in popularity, was having trouble handling the volume of transactions that people wanted to do on it. So it became a bit slow and kludgy occasionally. You know, uh, Things didn't get written at the right time. You didn't get on the chain. You had to wait. And that it was also eating up a ton of energy through its proof of work. So the merge takes us over to proof of stake. And uh, if you believe the optimists will make Ethereum faster, more scalable, and 99% more energy efficient, which sounds like a lot. One other small benefit that may come from this is GPUs are going to become hopefully a lot more accessible because the profit in mining Ethereum is not going to be there anymore because you can't mine Ethereum right. anymore. And they're going to have to move to a lot of other alternative coins, yeah. which is going to be hopefully less profitable, which means we're going to see a surge of um, probably well-used GPUs yeah. hit the market sometime soon. In the end, it all comes back to Matt's uh, passion for high-end PC gaming and whether or not <laughs> GPUs will be available at a, at a reasonable price. Yeah. But yeah, it'll be interesting to see uh, if this works, You know, going from proof-of-stake to uh, proof-of-work. And um, the Ethereum Foundation described it just for sort of non-technical audiences. Imagine Ethereum is a spaceship that isn't quite ready for an interstellar voyage. With the beacon chain, with the merge, the community has built a new engine and a hardened hull. After significant testing, it's almost time to hot swap the new engine from the old one mid-flight. All right, here we go. High stakes. I think the other thing that you know, yeah, people are watching here um, is whether you know folks who work in the Bitcoin ecosystem will then follow suit. The concerns about scalability and about environmental impact are are high with both of these. And there was a recent report out of the White House. Bitcoin is estimated to account for sixty to seventy seven percent of total global crypto asset electricity usage. Ethereum was another 20 to 40%. So between the two of them, they were basically the ones using up all the juice. Um, and Bitcoin is the worst culprit of all. So yeah, I think there, there's a lot of ramifications for if, if this goes well for, for both Ethereum and for Bitcoin and for the whole space. Yeah, it's. I mean, so essentially, we've solved climate change with the uh, we Ethereum that we're going Put to put climate change to, on yeah, the blockchain. Amazing. Solved it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's done. We can move that from doing move that. To done. Do that to no done. Issues. All right. Well, um, yeah. Let's wish them luck. Uh, let's hope it doesn't get kicked down the road, mm -hmm. and uh, let's check back in on a future episode and see how it went. I'm I'm hopeful because they've just 
a lot of banks are actually quite worried about <laughs> the move to um, oh, the merge essentially. So I think they're actually stopping any transactions going through for up to 48 hours mm. before the merge happens mm. uh, and maybe afterwards as well. So um, there's probably some potential for some hickory pokery here. Interesting, But yes, wish them all the best. Hope it all goes right. well and uh, everyone comes out happy. Yeah, if you're in a highly regulated industry, but you've also been playing around with the blockchain, you might want to press pause for a few days and see how the big update mm. goes <laughs> before you continue uh, <laughs> yeah. transacting for, for some very wealthy clients. Because this is something that you can't just turn off and on right. again. It's quite right. serious business. General, yeah. A general maintenance alert uh, for the Ethereum blockchain, maybe offline for indeterminate amount. All right, very cool. So I also saw some news. This came out like three or four days ago, which I thought was pretty important. It's Amazon's new CEO, Andy Jassy, says he has no plans to force workers to return to the office. So this is obviously meaningful for the entire industry. Amazon is one of the largest employers in the world and largest technology companies with lots of developers. And it was also one of the first to, um, you know, ask some of its employees to come back and to, you know, institute policies um, that folks would be returning. But it seems as though, uh, at least according to the recent quotes, they've decided to lean a bit more into embracing remote and hybrid uh, work. Matt, I, I guess, yeah, like, what is your take on this? Is this an inflection point? Is this just good PR? We don't have a plan to require people to come back. We're going to proceed adaptively as we learn, is what Jassy said on stage Wednesday. Amazon tech workers were told to work from home in 2020, and then they said they'd leave it up to individuals to decide how often. But it was a sharp reversal from its earlier goal of returning to an office-centric culture. I guess that's what I was trying to get at. Mm. The way that that was phrased, saying we don't have a plan, but we're going to proceed adaptively as we learn. That seems to me like right. there's a lot of room for <laughs> we adapted and we would like yeah. you back because this yeah. ain't working. A lot of wiggle room. There. <laughs> there's a lot of a lot of wiggle room for potential mandates in the future. But um, yeah, I mean, the, I think the people who value remote work and you know have have the the options to move to a different company or change their environment based on what they want. They, right. they will move at the first the first hint of a mandate being required for um, in office work. I, I'm somebody who definitely values both of those things. I, I enjoy right. the hybrid approach where I can still go and talk to people and have that social contact, but I also like the times that I like to stay at home and just focus on right. work and turn off my notifications, get stuff done. Nice. I, I personally think remote work is just it's going to be baked into you know the, the future of what we do they're going to there's some right. companies offering four-day work weeks at the moment there are some companies mm. that are going to be offering full remote and hybrid remote and no rem remote at all and people right. will just have a choice i think as to what suits yeah. them best yeah i mean one of the things that i guess i i've been thinking about recently is that like the onus to, uh the burden of proof is really on leadership to say like mm. we can yeah. really demonstrate to you through empirical data or some other you know more objective measure that we are better off when you're in the office versus at home. Because for a lot of these companies, they continued to thrive throughout the pandemic when everybody was forced to work from home. They continued to put out products and um, grow their business and in some case, post record mm. profits. And so, you know, there's the old saw of kind of like, well, we need that in-person, you know, connectivity to innovate and to collaborate well. But, you know, where is the proof? You know, that that is a a story we tell ourselves versus you know, the sort of tangible evidence that things changed radically and yet could these companies continued, you know? Yeah. I mean, it was only in the last quarter that we saw a lot of 
projected growth had not been right. met. And that was well, well, well into the pandemic yeah. of working from yeah, exactly. home. So, you know, th there is a proof that we can get stuff done when we're not at home sitting right. in front of a desk. <laughs> we can do that at home sitting in front of a desk. That's right. perfectly great too. Where do companies go for trusted remote engineers? They go to Turing.com, where talent is vetted through over five hours of technical tests and interviews. Spend less time hiring and more time building. Choose Turing today. Enjoy a no-cost, two-week trial at Turing.com. I wonder how hardware engineers feel about all this, because obviously you're working on like a proprietary yeah. device. You probably have to go to the office more often, more often than other people really kind of changes up yeah. the relationship between hardware and software in that way. Well, even with people, so some friends of mine who are working for government agencies, like their VPNs and stuff like that, if they cross a border, then their laptop essentially auto-wipes itself. Like they, yeah. they as soon as they cross outside of the Canadian kind of like network and into like the, the US network, mm. so I think security, like that's something that I didn't realize. Like as soon as you cross the border, poof, your laptop is is back to zero. Uh, <laughs> you know, so yeah, I think there's a lot of considerations here. I think the the one that hits closest to home for me is simply I love working from home, but living in a really high cost of living city, trying to find right. a place where I can both work from home and live comfortably without going insane is really problematic. So having a yeah. dedicated office space is, um, I'm probably leaning more. I'm not 100% remote. I'm probably yeah. shifting towards the 40 to 50% remote yeah. timeline. Whereabouts do you sit on this? I have joined a co-working space in my area. And one of the things I love about it is that they have sites in two local cities that are small cities. So yeah. I can drive 15 minutes in one direction or 25 minutes in the other. And I can spend the day in a city that's near my house. I can see people I know, you know, that I've met at the co-working spaces and chit chat over coffee or have a little walk and talk. I can spend time in that city and go to those restaurants and those coffee shops, and I can be out of you know out of my home, um, which is a nice break. So I probably do that like, you know, two to three days a week, and then there'll be other oh, days when it's rainy or you know whatever. I have a bunch of chores, you know, I'll just work from home. So that I, yeah, I'm hybrid in the sense of working from out of the house and in the house or in an office like environment and not in an office environment. Um, I don't travel down to New York City to go to the Stack Overflow office. Um, because there isn't really a need. And most days, like, you know, the people that I'd want to interact with are not predictably there. I will go for our upcoming conference. You know, I'll go, you know, uh, as needed to meet with folks. Um, so I like that. I like having it there. But yeah, I've created my own little hybrid ecosystem sort of in the area. And I value it. You know, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't be happy. I would go, I would get cabin fever working only from home or, you know, coffee shops. Yeah, yeah, for sure. All right, I've got another interesting story here, which I know you're on the hardware side of things, so I wanted to bring it to you. Companies are hacking their way around the chip shortage. With no end in sight to the supply chain issue, there's desperation in the market. Uh, the quote here that I loved is, you're building a $350,000 mass spectrometer and you can't ship it because you don't have a 50 cent chip. You're pretty much <laughs> willing to pay anything <laughs> to get what you need. So um, this was a really cool one about how people are just going to countries like Morocco and the Netherlands and Japan that are not traditionally known for sourcing large volumes of chips, you know, trying to figure out uh, ways to get it. Or in some cases, uh, they are shipping without certain things. So 
Cadillac is removing some hands-free driving. Tesla's removing some USB ports. Ford is shipping mm. without chips oh. for non-critical features like heating controls. So if it's like, well, we can ship this car and sell it tomorrow, except we're missing this one chip for the heater. It's like, forget it. This is this this is going to be knob only. You know, this is this is going back to manual and like mm. just get this thing out the door. So really interesting um, how people are still adapting to that and how this kind of invisible world of semi semiconductor supply chain is still. Um, yeah, really roiling a lot of industries. I'm in very much two minds about this because they are essentially printing money at this stage. Like they've <laughs> they've got you know there's not yeah. there's not a bunch of uh, chips lying around and they're like oh, how are we going to get these out the door? Oh yeah, they're they're in a good spot, but they there have been a lot of drawbacks with the supply chain over the last couple of years. There was uh, I think it was an earthquake or some um, manufacturing facilities in Taiwan uh, got flooded. It was a whole big deal. Mm. Um, and so there, there have been shortages kind of happening for the last four years or so. I think it's it's going to be very weird, I think, buying a car, say, for example, in the next couple of years and being like, oh, wait, was this the 2022 model that didn't have a heater? And now you've got to, you know, I can't I can't warm my seats with Siri. I need to fiddle with a knob and then it you know, right, right. burn my bum. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, there was another point in here kind of to what you were saying. People wondering, is there hoarding out there, you know? The quote, mm. the best quote was, I think chips are the new toilet paper, but just like to what degree, <laughs> you know, have people taken advantage of the fact that this, uh, you know, scarcity emerged and now it's, un it, it'd be hard to know how much of that is, you know, real and how much of that is, as you point out, people, you know, who are making money hand over fist. Yeah. Because I mean, there are still, say for example, NVIDIA and AMD are releasing their new line of, uh, GPUs again, sorry to this is like CR and K-pop. I'm just apparently the <laughs> GPU person. Uh, you know, they're, they're coming up with an entirely new line of GPUs in the next month or two. Um, right. Apple have come out with their new lines of uh, iPhones and all the other technology around with that. So, in yeah. th there are still electronics making their way to market, and it's interesting to see a lot of these kind of like more mass manufacturers. I think cars and, and other things that are still struggling. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Speaking of Apple, what did you think of their recent iPhone event? My the favorite my favorite piece of the whole thing mm. was with the phone and the watch. They talked so much about being like outdoors, like in the back country, yeah, like I knew, just like I knew getting away from thing. it all. But then also how they would like be able to like track you and send an SOS and like have a great compass and all these other things. But it was like it was like this weird juxtaposition of like you're somewhere where there is no service and that, you know, mm. you're, you're really far away from other humans and you're finally back in nature. And luckily for you, you Apple technology is, is here to keep you connected and help in case of an emergency. And I was, just, I was, yeah. it was like a little cognitive dissonance there. There are going to be some really wild stories, I think, over the next couple of years, because the, the thing that I thought was actually coolest was exactly what you mentioned. And it was the uh, satellite Keep yeah. So basically, when 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 you're out and you don't have access to a cell tower, um, a lot of people when they're out hiking, they'll have to use a radio, and that radio needs to be pointed towards a physical satellite up in the sky. Right. And right. so what they've done with the watches, uh, and, and sorry, and the, and the the phones now have uh, the ability to connect to satellites. So yeah. it will actually help you on the screen. You can, it's kind of like a little mini game. You kind of like point right. it up towards where where the satellite yeah. is. It's and very then cool. It will, it's very cool. And it, it, it like compresses the message down to a smaller bite size and then right. sends it to the satellite. So it'll, it'll go and then gives you a confirmation that it's sent. Like I really love that type of thing. 
I, yeah. I don't really care about the notches and everything else or, you know, OLED screens are nice or mini OLED, but having something right. that might save somebody's life or uh, impact their life in a much more meaningful way, that yeah. that is what really excites me a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I, I do love it. It's like this phone is already so multi-featured. It's already like, you know, the Star Trek uh, tricorder, <laughs> you know, it can, it can do so much. But yeah, yeah, you know, layering on older technologies or different technologies like a satellite uplink, very cool. Monitoring, they were mentioning uh, women as they're sleeping, their body temperature to let you know when yeah, you're ovulating. Just like stuff. these these very yeah. sci-fi things that they're starting to pack in there as they um, expand on some of the health and communication capabilities of it. I can't wait for the next season of Handmaid's Tale and see how the <laughs> Apple Watch features in that. It's going to be yeah. real weird. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, I, I personally bought uh, Apple Watch recently because of a lot of the health features that it offered. Uh, yeah. With COVID and everything else, I was like, okay, so I want to make sure my heart rate's um, where it needs to be when I'm doing cardio, going to spin class and all that kind of stuff. I, I, right. I want to be able to see that data and figure out kind of what my heart is doing, how stressed I am, all that kind of stuff. So right, for right. me, I'm very much more interested in the, the bioinformatics side of things. And I'm glad that products like the Apple Watch uh, popular enough where that's starting to gain a lot more traction yeah for sure all right everybody uh as always we want to say thanks for listening and shout out a member of the community we are out of lifeboat badges so today a big thanks to Androidian, who one hour ago was awarded the inquisitive badge that means they've come on stack overflow and asked a well-received question on 30 separate days maintaining a positive question record We need those people asking great questions and uh, taking the time to formulate them. And we also appreciate the folks out there answering. So thanks, Androidian, and congrats on your inquisitive badge. I am Ben Popper. I am the director of content here at Stack Overflow. You can always reach me at Ben Popper on Twitter. Email us with questions or suggestions, podcast at Stack Overflow. And if you like the show, leave us a rating and a review. And if you are a computer science student or technologist in the United States or Canada, and you want to be a stack overflow student ambassador and get some free pizza we will throw a link in the show notes you can check out how to apply i'm at kinanda i'm a developer advocate here at stack overflow you can find me online and all the places at metkanda m-a-t-t-k-a-n-d-e-r awesome all right everybody thanks for listening and we will talk to you soon thanks everyone bye